It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Predators Podcast. Justin Bradford and Matt Best. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app on the iOS app store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Matt, the the Predators have won against Tampa and now Florida. And overall, they, they, there's a period of survival that had to happen against Florida. They survived the onslaught against Florida in this game. But the Predators, with a lot of these rookies in, they're, they look like a completely different type of team. And you're seeing we're seeing a resurgence in certain players as well in terms of playing good hockey. And Soros, like given the quick rundown here, Soros stopped 40 shots in his first game back. He's peppered with shots. This game was chippy to a T, had an overturned goal due to goal to interference. I mean, not in the Predators' favor in that one. And the Predators found a way to win against one of the best teams in the NHL tonight. Yeah, I mean, I thought about <laughs> thought about how I would address this off the top of the show. It's all too little, too late. That's like the most logical conclusion that I can come up with. It would be so nice if they were able to be in the hunt and like actually in the hunt right now. And then we could analyze every single game and be like, well, if they win this one, they, they got to win the next two. And then if they drop this one, they got to win against this team and this team. But right now, as it stands, you look at the standings, it needs every, it needs a perfect storm. We talked about perfect storms earlier in the season. You need Chicago to really start sucking, but they're going to get Kirby Doc back soon. Um, you need teams like Detroit, you need to beat them. And instead Detroit's playing spoiler out there, beating yep. different teams, Robbie Fabry, ha- Fabry hat tricks. You need Dallas to become unhealthy as they're starting to become healthy and get some key players back. There's a lot of things that need to go absolutely right for even the thought of a Nashville playoffs run to even begin. And I just want to dispel that out there because <laughs> I know some people are thinking, could they do it? Could they possibly do it? They're at the awkward phase right now where if you win too many games, you're going to miss the playoffs and have a bad draft pick. The double and they're back. also at the phase of if you lose too many games, we go back to pulling out the pitchforks and screaming for people's heads it's funny how a couple wins against some top teams makes John Hines look pretty good again. Um, and I'm not <laughs> by any means a John Hines truther. I just think the team wasn't as bad as they showed in the first couple months. It was just nothing was clicking. Nothing was going right whatsoever. But as soon as you bring up the youth and have a bit of a spark there, things start to look pretty good. But yeah, to sum it all up, it's too little too late. They're, if they make a playoff run, then you and I are just the biggest bozos in the world. No, we're not. There's a lot of people that would. And, and the thing, too, this is what I would say, because people have been talking about. There's been you know some buzz about, well, do they really need to rebuild? Well, here, here's the thing. Yes, they do need to rebuild. But what this is showing is if you're putting the youth in and getting them more experience, you still trade away those veteran contracts that you have because you mm-hmm. still need to get returns, whether it's prospects or it's draft picks, you still need to return in assets because if you're playing all these prospects right now, which are turning to NHLers, and you do well with it, that shows you should have been doing this all along. 
but it also shows too that maybe if you do things right, maybe your rebuild is only two years instead of three to four. That's what it does. The rebuild still needs to happen, but it can adjust the time that it could take on it if you have these young kids coming in and stepping right up and proving that, oh, well, they really were NHL ready. That shortens the amount of time of the rebuild, but it still needs to happen. Even if on the off chance they make the playoffs this year, on the off chance they do that, and don't give me the, well, they made it in before as the low seed. It's, it's set up completely differently. Please do not think that they're going to beat Tampa or Florida or Carolina in a best of seven. It's just, it's not going to happen. They don't have the capabilities of doing it right now. A lot of these teams, a lot of these top teams in the NHL have started to just coast because they're approaching (laughs) because they can and because they don't want to have someone come up with a long-term injury. My perfect example this year is St. Louis Blues. I've watched a lot of Blues games this year for some reason, and that team is coasting harder than any other team I've seen. (laughs) If they don't get a stellar game from a guy like Bennington, uh, then they just flat out don't win. But they're not playing as hard as we've seen the Blues play in the past. And I think the same thing can be said for Tampa. They're just kind of coasting. They're experimenting, even if they're on winning streaks, with new lineups, just trying to figure out what's kind of working for them. And then you look at other teams around the league, like Colorado, for the first few months of the season, kind of looked underwhelming. But now they're one of the hottest teams uh, after, I think, 12 minutes tonight they had 20 shots and that's a team that's not coasting but they're going okay we're mostly healthy now let's kick it into gear figure out what's going to work for us what these d pairings need to look like with mccarr back in the lineup and then let's like cool down and get into the playoffs because they know they can make the playoffs easily it's colorado and they're sitting pretty right now but i'm not making excuses for opponents in the central i'm just saying that like you said, if on that weird off chance that the Predators make the playoffs, which I don't think they will whatsoever, um, they're going to have a very bad time against the likes of the Hurricanes of the Lightning. Especially in, in a best of seven. And, and here's the thing, too. Chicago, yeah, they've lost three in a row. But it, Columbus could still make that push as well. I, I really think in Dallas, still has four games in hand. Yet Dallas, they're not looking that hot. I mean, Detroit beat them and everything, but Dallas tells four games in hand. And let's say, for instance, that Dallas won three of those four games that they have in hand on other teams, that would put them all the way up in the fifth spot instead of seven. Yeah. So they're, Dallas, they're still capable of making Dallas is capable of making the run because they have so many games left to play. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is they haven't had one of their best scorers in the lineup for a majority of the season. And I know people go, well, it's Radulov. He's an old dude. It's like, yeah, an old dude that can still score and is still a vital part of that team. I mean, it's nice looking around their roster and seeing people like Jason Robertson step up and contribute to the team. They just need a string of steady goaltending and the stars will be completely fine. The rest of the pieces on that team are more than okay. I'm not worried about the stars. I actually think if you look at the standings now, I think the stars do squeak in as the fourth team here. Um, either the stars or the Blackhawks. That's Those are my two that I think make, make number four. Wouldn't be surprised if the Blue Jackets made it. I would uh, do some questionable things if the Preds made it, though. Yeah, and, and, and again, they still need to get – this is proving that no matter what, they still need to get rid of some of those – contracts because they need to have space in this roster for the youth to continue playing period no matter what is going on they still need to get rid of those and get assets for them now it probably changes the price a little bit too because people know in terms of the desperate need and whatnot but they still need to get rid of them howland needs to be gone richardson needs to be gone those two specifically 
need to be gone. If anything, even if you feel like your team's doing well, you still sell those two players. They are not going to be long-term contributors right now with the way this team's playing. The, Richardson, I understand what he was brought in to do. One, he's been injured, so it's not like you can do anything with him right now. But as soon as he's healthy, go ahead and dump If it's for a sixth rounder, whatever, get rid of that contract so you can keep your other guys up because that's what needs to happen right now is you run with the youth movement. If you're doing well, you run with them until they're not doing well again. But you, and, and then you keep them going. You yeah. run this team with the youth being in the lineup and cycling them. Get Rem Pitlick some more games in. Get Frederick Allard another game in there. Cycle them. You understand that Carrier and Davies are going to be your guys that you're going to keep in right now. But obviously, Ben Harper needs to come out. That just needs to happen. <laughs> but Carrier and Davies need to be on the defensive core for the rest of the season. Yeah, especially Davies. Davies yeah. has so much that I think that can be unlocked. I don't want to spend three podcasts in a row like – Right. blowing over this kid but Carrier started started to impress me more while guys like ben harper and matt benning are giving me more and more reasons to go please stop <laughs> playing you in the lineup um <laughs> it's just it's a curious case with this team because on the outside looking in i think a lot of people would agree with you and us that yes it is absolutely still time to sell if they win the next two in a row i still think it's time to sell if they get closer to getting above 500 like if they end up going on a four or five game win streak and really poke their heads up maybe we have a different conversation but until then this is the first spurt all year where i've looked at the preds and go they don't look that bad they look right pretty good they're beating top teams it's not like when they beat a detroit team or when they were beating Chicago or things like that, it's like or you're Columbus, to, especially or Columbus, it's like you're supposed to win. But the fact of the matter is they took two games away from two of the best teams. Right. That's a big deal. That is a huge deal. Um, it's just how consistent is this? Because a blind squirrel can find a nut. We've said that before. A blind squirrel can find a nut twice in a row. It's just a little more rare. If anything, this is just, it's good to see, the youth contributing, like Carrier getting the assist, and Kelly Yarncroke, who we'll talk about later on in the show too, that maybe his stock's rising uh, potentially mm-hmm. there, whether it's this offseason or whatnot. But Kelly Yarncroke's having a hell of a season. But up next, let's talk Yusuf Saros finally making his return. Pecorini finally getting some rest as well. But Saros faced a lot of shots in this win against Florida. So let's talk Yusuf Saros up next here on the Locked Apprentice Podcast. He's Matt Best. I'm Justin Bradford. Folks, if you're placing bets, you can place them over at betonline.ag. You can place bets against the Preds, with the Preds. You can bet on teams around the division. If you're hoping that maybe if you bet on them, they'll start losing games or something, you can push for that Preds playoff spot. I can't even say that without laughing. Uh, Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. March Madness technically has begun, too. Uh, a few upsets on the first night. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. You get news, you get scores, you get updated odds. And I think that's a point that I haven't hit hard enough is that if you look at the lines in the beginning of the day and then someone gets injured, the odds will change. A lot of people new to betting don't understand that. And that's okay. If you need to learn more about betting, we're here for you at Best of Matt. Um, and bet online is the easiest, one of the easiest websites to use. It's right in front of you. There is no gimmicks, no nothing. You just click, it adds to your betting slip, and then you put how much money you want to put down, and then you're good to go. And the best part about putting your money down is they're going to give you some money when you use promo code locked on, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code L O C K E D O N over at betonline.ag. 
Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On Predators podcast. Justin Bradford, Matt Best, Yusuf Saros getting some game action, and he faced 41 shots. Panthers were not letting up. He was peppered with plenty of shots, but only allowed one in, and that was a a, a very Jonathan Huberdeau goal. That was <laughs> a nasty goal <laughs> that 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 he let in. Uh, but overall, Yusuf Saros coming in and and getting the win, which a lot of people I think were a little uneasy because Pecorini had been playing fairly well, and then Saros comes in and overall he made some he made some stellar saves. In this game because mm-hmm. he had to. He was challenged plenty of times in this game. I mean, we look at the, the heat map of just five on five for the Florida Panthers. Their shots were coming from everywhere. I mean, they had plenty close to that. They had plenty in, in near the crease. They had between the faceoff dots. They had some point shots. They had some at the top of the faceoff circle. Plenty of, of, of opportunities for them to score. And I think it was that you ended up being equal in terms of high danger opportunities. Both yeah, 10 and 10. Yeah, 10 and 10. But that's, that's a pretty decent amount of high-danger opportunities. And when you look at possession as well, where shots are coming from and looking at the Corsi of this, it was just trending up the entire time for the Florida Panthers uh, after their goal. And they continued to do that, and the Predators survived. And I'm not saying that they looked bad in terms of survival mode, but the Predators did the things that they absolutely did, needed to do that was necessary to survive. They, yeah. they, they survived in the right way. They, they absolutely did. I'm kind of shocked that the high-danger chances are 10 and 10. If on a like on a blind watch of the game and not even trying to think about that, I would have gone at least fifteen for the Panthers mm-hmm. and less for the Preds, and that's just that's just how it looked on paper. Uh, remind me to talk about the Preds power play later in the show. I have a mini bone to pick, but Saros looked good. The thing about Saros though is show me again. That is almost all I have for this segment. Is show me this again. Show me the save against Duclair again. Show me your good positioning because on to the point we've always talked about this Preds fans have always talked about this Saros is small therefore needs to be perfectly positioned for every single shot in order to be successful that pad save that he had stretching out on Duclair isn't a high highlight real play for 90% of the goalies in the NHL because they're not really stretching all that much but for Saros yeah it's perfect and it looks great and it's fantastic and I'm not calling it a TV save I'm just saying if he plays that off by about three inches it's a goal and that's just, it shows how on he was tonight. And like you said, you look at the heat map and it wasn't like he was tested consistently in the same spot over and over again. He was tested all over the ice, the hash marks, mm-hmm. the point. Whereas you look at the Preds heat map and you can clearly see their game plan. It's crash the net or shoot <laughs> from the point. And for the uh, Panthers, they got their one goal on an unbelievable play that I think not many goalies in the NHL would be able to save because one, the saucer pass perfect and two hubie dooby doo amazing just a great sequence there uh but yeah Saros, show me it again so you can start convincing myself you and other preds fans why we shouldn't try and start a gofundme to get you to seattle or something <laughs> so now now looking at this too be curious because we've all known that yusuf Saros has slow starts to the season and it's definitely been slow for him, but in his last few games, just looking at recency here. So his last game obviously was March 2nd versus Carolina, which he did not finish. And he allowed two goals there and was, was pulled for obvious reasons and got injured. But the games before that, he had the two wins against Columbus 
We only allowed one goal each in those. Save percentage of 966, 967. And you look in this game, only allowed one goal on 41 shots, 976, against a very good opponent, too. Columbus, not eh. the good of an opponent No, when they played them. But overall, Saros, in his last three full complete games, 3-0, three, three and oh, and only one goal in each of those games. That If yeah. that's a trend that can keep going, he's going to get, obviously, more starts as well. But this it, it makes it curious because Pecorino is playing well. But you still need to see what Yusuf Saros has so you know what you have going into the offseason. They need to be able to evaluate him to say, okay, if we're going to do this rebuild, is this is this our guy? Or do we bank in Connor Ingram, who was assigned to Chicago? We haven't heard much after that, after player assistance program. What's going to go on there? There is a goaltending big question for this yeah. organization for the next couple of years of what's going to happen. So the one thing I will say is with the whole last three games thing, if he was only injured for a game or two, then I'd be more inclined to jump on the narrative with you. Oh, exactly. <laughs> but because he was injured, I think you're going to still see a lot of people go over his last three games, three, and no, but you oh, and I yeah. look at that, like with a grain of salt and it's like, well, he sat out. So really he's one and since returning from injury. And that's what you need to look at. Otherwise me saying, show me more, like show me this again. Yeah. looks kind of foolish because on paper, he's done it three times in a row, but yeah, no. show me more of this. You have a test against, um, uh, Dallas coming up, and Dallas is a team that can just pick corners with their with their snipers. Back-to-backs, like, too. Yeah, so. so that's a team where Saros needs to be on perfectly positionally. Too far up in the net, gets beat. Too far back, gets sniped on. There's, like, his margin of error, like we've said, is so, so small. Show me more. Show so me it again. Let's look at this, then. In the back-to-back, so Saturday, Sunday, they have Florida again on Saturday. And then Dallas on Sunday. Which one of those games does Pecorine start? That's tough. He's, he's going to get one. I mean, we said that Pekka was going to get a break, remember, on a back-to-back on a travel right. day. And right. so there's a lot of decisions that happen with this team that I've just decided to not try and have slam dunk <laughs> predictions on anymore. Um, I would be inclined to believe that Saros gets the next one keep them whipped up into game shape against the Panthers. Just another kind of rewarding opportunity here. Mm-hmm. And then we, they go to Pekka against the Stars. And then you got to go back to Saros against the Wings. And then maybe you do Saros twice in a row there. And then you give Pekka to the Blackhawks. Like, if I'm the coach, I go Saros, Pekka, Saros, Saros, Pekka. And then it's a back-to-back with Chicago, 27-28. And then Saros. Mm-hmm. Like, the you go, oh my goodness, I'm confusing myself here. Saros, <laughs> Saros against the Panthers, Pekka against the Stars. Uh-huh. Saros against the Red Wings, both games. Okay. And then Pekka against the first game of the Blackhawks. And then, Saros. and then you go Saros and then Saros into the next series. Okay. All right. Oh my goodness, my head. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I already I'm already looking at just at April too, and what that's gonna be like. Uh there's there's Hey, there's a week with two days off. <laughs> oh, yay. And then all the way to the end of the month for another time where they have two days off. It's it, it's not, it just never ends. It just never ends. Okay. No. So that's our thoughts on Yusuf Saros. Up next, let's talk about Kelly Yarncroke and hear from John Hines uh, about Kelly Yarncroke and about what he's doing. He has seven points in his last three games. That's pretty tremendous for the type of position and skill player 
that Cal Yarncrook is, that he has had an offensive outburst in three games overall. We'll talk about that up next here on the Locked and Predators podcast. He's Matt Best. I'm Justin Bradford. Wish we had some cool theme music, like the ESPN theme music. I saw a video, like a viral video of a guy getting married and the ESPN music started playing out of his pocket. Probably not a good thing to do, but a great thing to do is get some built bar into you. And an even better thing to do is hang out with us while we discuss the bracket, the old built bar bracket, the 2021 sweetest 16. Justin, we were both very wrong. Coconut puff moved on. Peanut butter did not. I don't know how. I don't either. Did nobody go and vote? I voted as soon as we were done talking about it during the ad read. I was actually voting and coconut puff wins, maybe because it's like a niche and there's no other really niche flavors. I mean, churro puff. I'm ready for churro. Puff. I want to try churro puff. Churro puff lost to cookies and cream, but I mean, I know, but I want to try a tough one. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd try that, too. Let I think churro puff might have lost, too, because not as many people have been able to eat it. And because this isn't you can vote from anywhere in the world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of Canadians don't know what churros are, or at least they don't have like an authentic taste of churros. Right. They've been to Disney World. They should. Hey, now. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> today's matchup is salted caramel against cookie dough chunk Two, just OG flavors when you're looking for things. This one's tough. I uh, I'm torn chunk. here. You're not even torn whatsoever. That was easy for you. That was easy for me. What like do you just have this deep love for cookie dough? Not deep love, but I just think it tastes better overall. I uh, used to, I think it's because I used to eat cookie dough raw in university as a <laughs> snack and like tubes of it that I'm kind of just like I could do without it. I'll I'll go tubes salted caramel. Of it. Tubes of it. How are you not my size? I, I, had a, I had a really good metabolism. Oh my god, tubes of it. Yeah, I'd eat like one or two tubes a week. Oh my god, dude. What are Anyways, Anyways, salted caramel or cookie dough chunk. Salted caramel for me. Cookie dough chunk for you. Yes, dear God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Please, folks, do not do what Matt did. You need to go to BuiltBar.com. You use promo code LOCKED15. get 15% off of your order. There's so many great flavors. They taste great. Loaded with protein to help keep you full through, through your day, through your morning, especially. It's a great, great breakfast supplement or a breakfast replacement. Do that. Get a built boost as well. You get a built boost. You get your vitamins and it tastes great as well. And then use that promo code LOCKED15. Get you some boxes and you're going to get free stuff as well. They'll send you free gifts when you're ordering mixed boxes, ordering different boxes of stuff as well. They have so many different things, a variety of flavors that you're going to like and everything else. So make sure LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D, 15BuiltBar.com. Get healthy, get your protein, and... <laughs> I'm going to punch Matt in the face next time I see him. I'm going to take a note of it. <laughs> Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On Printers podcast. Justin Bradford, Matt, Deep Throat Best. No, you cannot say that on a podcast. What? We're talking about the Nixon thing. Okay. You're right. You're right. Oh, actually, I can segue this into my uh, power play thing I wanted to talk about real quick. Oh, Uh, God. How? The Predators (laughs) don't go deep on the power play. Oh, geez. So you said deep 
and I don't want to say the other word because that's just rude and inappropriate. Uh, the one thing that I noticed on this game <laughs> is, and it's among other games too, is this Preds power play refuses to deep throat the puck behind the net. Um, they, <laughs> I don't like that inquisitive turn you just gave me. But on a serious note, the Preds power play is becoming increasingly more and more predictable. I didn't mean for that to have that much of an emphasis on a syllable in there as well. But I don't know what you're doing. Um, is that a blue light? Why do you have, why do you have a, a UV light? And it's not to, to do to check for glow on my Funko Pops. You pervert. <laughs> do you take it to hotel rooms? No, I just got it. <laughs> I don't believe you for a second. Um. Anyways, I'm just gonna hide your video. Um. <laughs> The Preds just refused to cycle the puck low on the power play recently. And I know people will be like, well, they did it once or twice. And I'm not talking about doing it once or twice. I'm talking about a consistent just effort to get the puck lower than the hash marks because more more uh, times than not lately, the Preds have been just going point to point and the passes from point to point have been quick. And it's not exactly point to point. It's point, which is at home 99% of the time over to the next two spot, which is Forsberg on one side and Tolvanen on the other. And then they're passing the puck between the three of them real quick, but everyone else on that power play is kind of doing nothing. What did I do or say? You just did a Oppa look. Your, your internet was messing up again, by the way. So keep going. I don't understand this internet. Um, anyways, there, there was a couple times during this game where there was some aggressive beaver tailing down low and just a lot of beaver claps trying to get the puck down low below the hash marks, but it just wouldn't happen. Now, Nolachari, yes, hats off to him for blocking three shots. You've blocked shots in your life. We talked about <laughs> the last podcast, took one to the gut, took one to the arm. It hurts. It's not fun. So it's good for him to get in front of the passing lanes. But to get in front of those passing lanes or those shooting lanes, it becomes a lot easier when you know how the power play is going to react. And you can go back and watch the power plays. And it was always at home to Forsberg. Forsberg looks for Tolvin and Tolvin is not there. Tolvi goes back to the blue line, makes a quick move, tries to come back in. Puck goes back to uh, Ekholm. Ekholm hits uh, Tolvin in. Shot's not there. Well, it goes right back to Ekholm. Ekholm takes a shot. The last resort has always been Ekholm takes a shot from the point, And then the guys try to jump on a rebound or something like that. There's almost no effort to consistently try and get the puck down low and getting the puck down low shifts the defenders lower and lower and lower, which opens up. If you can pull off two quick passes, it opens up those shooting lanes for guys like Tolvin and it opens up shooting lanes for Forsberg that are now closed because he was the threat on the power play. And now that they have two, they're like, well, Forsberg's just been looking for Tolvi the whole time. We're just going to block that. And Ekholm's just been firing it. We're just going to block that. So it'll be interesting to see what the Preds can do going forward in order to spice up their power play a bit. And I know they just won a game. And I know they won against the Lightning, too. And I know this is a very nitpicky thing to do. But it's just the small improvements that you want to see from the team going forward, especially with younger guys on the team, just showing them how to adapt on the power play to new situations. Do you feel better now? A little, yeah. It was just, it was bothering me. Uh, there's things with like special teams where I think you're expected to score and you're expected to at least have a good looking power play on the ice where the Preds is just, I had, it's, it was so predictable. Well, before your internet beaver tails out, let's talk about the subject at hand for this third segment, which is Kelly Yarncroke. Yes. <laughs> good old Canadian internet. Good old Canadian internet. Oh, piss me off. Though they have it up there, eh? 
Oh, shut up. My igloo's fully equipped with five. <laughs> okay, Kelly Arncroke. Seven points in three games. Yes, he had the four-point game, but he's putting on a show. I mean, he single-handedly on the scoreboard beat the Florida Panthers. Uh, one of his goals was batted out of midair, and that is just always impressive to me because of the amount of hand-eye coordination it takes to take a very thin stick with a blade on it and whop something out of midair that is falling down and not coming at you like it's not coming towards you it is falling down so you have to time it perfectly as the puck is dropping to hit it at the right time how many people don't you lie have whiffed on things like that I mean, you think about when you play baseball, it's exactly. easier when someone throws the ball to you than it, it is to toss to it up it. to yourself and go, oh, hell, and then miss and swing out of your right. shoes. Now, plenty of baseball coaches have perfected it because they perfect the toss. It's a timing thing is what it comes mm-hmm. down to. And you, can, and you control it then. When you're tossing up to yourself, you control it. Here, it is just randomly, it's hard to judge the speed that it is falling because you did not control the speed in which you tossed it up. All the physics that come into play. So that was a really impressive goal by Cal Yarncroft. But what we've talked about here is giving him more credit too that he's trending up. I mean, even last season and in this season, he's trended up in terms of the value that he's providing given his contract. And that's what you really start to look at. We we see what Ryan Johansson can do and have talked with, I mean, our, our, our buddy Kyle about this as well. That Ryan Johansson, for instance, if he was on a $6 million contract, I don't think he wouldn't get anywhere near the amount of hate. No. Anywhere he wouldn't get anywhere near people like okay you know what he has some intangibles he makes other players better right now his ability to keep the puck you know in the zone those things like that yes there'd still be scoffing at it because he's not produced as much on the scoreboard but if it was just two million dollars less than his contract be like okay you know what fine but eight million dollars Kelly Yarncroke on the two million side and what he's doing to perform given his contract and what it's done and how he performs on the ice given his high intellect of of the game of hockey and positioning and everything too is proven himself so much to the point that wonder if offers come in on him. I mean, he is that kind of player that so many teams one would love to have on their team because he can play up and down the lineup, but also two very cap space friendly. (laughs) And that's, that's the big thing for what he can provide. Not saying that I'm calling for Cal Yarnk to be traded. It's just, there's no doubt in my mind that David Paul is going to be fielding more and more calls as we get close to the trade deadline on Yarncroft because of the way he's performing this season. And when people see that contract and they go, oh, so you mean in an injury, he could play in our second line, but he could also play on our fourth line? <laughs> How about that? Yeah, I think Yarncroke is Mr. Right Place, Right Time. And that's yeah. not luck. He just knows where to be. And everyone's preached his hockey IQ defensively. You're seeing it offensively this year. He's just, I was talking to buddy, our buddy Kyle, and I told him straight up, I was like, Yarn Croak is just in the right spot. He's always there when he needs to be, and it's not fluky because most of his goals this year are right spot or just, yeah. I need to let it rip from here because if I try to take it one more stride forward, it's off my stick. He Because he knows his own abilities. He's very self-aware in that sense where he's not going to go, all right, little toe drag, dipsy dangle around you. <laughs> just rips it. it. And he, he's a smart, smart player. And like you said, that's not the most attractive thing about him. It's his cap hit. He's a perfect third line player for a lot of these contending teams. He's a perfect player that if it doesn't work on the third line, well, you have the flexibility to shuffle him onto the second, maybe see if it works there onto the fourth. Because Yarn Croak's a guy that'll just go, yes, coach. Okay, coach, put his head down and go to work. And that's what you want in a playoff run, especially the way the NHL is this year 
where you're not going to have a lot of time to mesh with your team. You're not going to have those off days to go to practice. It's basically go to games, practice once, go to a game, have a nice off day, go to the games. There's not that time to gel in and kind of settle in and figure out what you're going to do. And I think Yarny's like a Swiss army knife and he can just figure out what to do immediately. He's a Swedish, by the way. A Swedish army knife. You know what I meant there. <laughs> All um, right. But yeah, if, if someone comes to you and goes third round pick for Yarncroke, you say yes, right? Yeah, I would hope it'd be a second. I would hope it'd be a second too, but I think I'd probably take a third and a prospect. Okay, third and prospect is much better. Second yes, straight a third up. And th- a third and like a B-level prospect I take. Okay, second straight up and higher, obviously. Oh, yeah. Okay, so here's what head coach John Hines had to say about Kyle Yarnko because I asked him about this and what he's doing better if anything's changed because he's been so successful. Successful. That's one of the most he's difficult words to say. One of the most successful players of late. <laughs> Shut up, I hate you. Hi, John. So Kelly Yarncroke, seven points over his last three games. We know that he's a player that can play up and down the line just because of his intellect of the game and everything. But an offensive explosion coming from him those last three games. Is anything about his game changed or what have you noticed about him that has given him this opportunity to put more points on the board? Well, I think uh, Cali's always been a really detailed, you know, detailed player. And, and really coming into this year, we we're thinking that there was, you know, a chance for him to have more of an offensive year you know, get more offensive production. And uh, I think what's really, you know, he, he's getting himself into the, into scoring areas. And I think that uh, some of the goals he scored have been, have been, uh, you know, nice goals. And, but, you know, even tonight, when you look at how he wound up scoring a goal, I think that his line the last two nights with Arvidsson, Granlin and himself, just the way that, you know, they're skating, they, they pursue the puck, they create turnovers, they get themselves in, uh, you know, the offensive zone, for longer periods of time. And that that's how you generate more scoring chances. And I think Callie's done that. And, uh, you know, it's nice to see him be able to get rewarded for his, for the opportunities he's getting. And I would say that, you know, when he's getting his opportunities, he is bearing down. I mean, it's not, you know, you don't score if you're not in those scoring areas and you're not finishing your chances. And, uh, but it's, it's the, how he goes about his business. I mean, you watch him in practice is his, the way he practices is the same way he plays in the game. And, and that's, you know, that's why he's been able to execute as well as he has. How about that? How about that? How about that, Matt? How about that? It's almost like we're not that stupid. <laughs> Are people saying we're stupid? Oh, geez. I, I know there's some things they can complain about, but I hope not stupid. <laughs> it's one thing to hate our takes, but to call us stupid. I mean, come on. No, I, it's it's refreshing to hear Heinz like reassure us, basically. <laughs> that what we we're see are the seeing, right things yeah we're seeing the right <laughs> things here um no it's he's absolutely right it, it de- detail oriented i think is what he said specifically and that couldn't be more true like like i just talked about before the clip played he just knows where to be and that's detail orientation he knows when to shoot the puck he knows when to back check he knows when to just dump it in he's one of the smarter players in the nhl and that's why i think he'd be a perfect fit on a lot of teams to get off a rebuilding team but at the same time yarn croak's one of the players where i'm not pushing for the preds to sell him no neither i think that's a guy that you'd like to have around in practice because heinz talked about it if he plays as hard as he does in a game as he does in practice that sets a tone and things like that are valuable not to the point where you keep him because of that reason solely but it's just little things like that the details surrounding yarn croak's game um just to support heinz there yeah he's valuable to this team and yeah his cap hit is sexy
Absolutely. Okay, folks. Well, that does it for this show. For now, remember, we have giveaways. We have giveaways. Remember, the key word for a giveaway that's on our pinned post on Twitter. Man, I can hear the noises you're making. The keyword is beard. That's you hear that. Just trust me. I can hear you. Keyword is beard because we're giving away a PK Subban home Predators jersey that we have. It's a size 52. I can still hear you, Matt. And then also a Ryan Ellis Milwaukee Admirals bobblehead, a beanie slash toque, and a license plate frame. That is a big giveaway I there. I can't be mad at you. You said slash toque. I'm happy. You uh-huh. So remember, enter the giveaway by subscribing to the podcast, following us on Twitter, and especially entering that keyword. You have a great chance to win. We've had some great giveaways. We will have more after this one. And then Matt's special giveaway for our listeners as well. Yeah, I'm giving away 25 bucks PayPal right to your account. I'll make this quick and simple. You go on to Apple Podcasts. It doesn't matter if you're an Android user. You can download the app still. And you're just going to leave us a five-star review, leave your Twitter handle or your email, and write something nice about us. It's always nice to see things like that. That sounds very narcissistic. I don't even know. Is that the right word? Yep. Thank you. <laughs> Man, it's 2 o'clock, and I'm rattled that my internet shut down. But... um. Yeah, just go there, leave us a nice review, and then tweet it at me or DM me. Either way, doesn't matter. Um, I'm logging everything manually, and then I'm going to chuck them into a spinning wheel, and then we're going to spin it live on the show and draw a winner for that, and I will send you 25 American dollars straight to your PayPal. Boom. There you go. All right, folks. At Best of Matt, at Justin B. Bradford, at LO underscore Predators. Follow us, enjoy, rate us, and we'll talk to you next time. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.